few weeks now. Last Sunday was a, one of those unusual services. We just followed the Lord and His leadership in preaching as we will this morning. The Lord's laid on my heart this week and I've meditated all week about this message and oh how good God's been to our family this week and uh, answering a 27 year long prayer. You may say, I feel like God ain't never going to answer my prayer. Well, hang on for a while. <laughs> the answer is on the way. Amen. It may not be the answer you're looking for, but it'll be within his perfect will in his time. I feel good this morning to be in God's house. I'm glad he's still in the saving business. Amen. Saved my brother's granddaughter this week and done a great miracle there, working there and working at our house at the same time. Ain't God good? Well, that's the kind of God I serve, amen. Work on both ends of the earth at the same time. I praise God that I serve a God like that. Amen. I don't go pray to a wooden statue or a statue of stone that's going to decay and rot away, but I serve one. Amen. It's alive and on the throne this morning. I'm glad the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. I'm glad when I say, Lord, he says, yes, my son, I'm here. I'm glad if I wake up in the middle of the night, doesn't matter how sick I am, I can cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. He hears my cry. I'm glad Jehovah God hears me when I call unto Him. Amen. I serve a mighty God. I serve a living God. Amen. I serve a God that Brother David told us about because he said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. I'm glad we don't have to want for nothing if we know the Lord as our personal Savior. Well, I feel good this morning <laughs> to be in this holy place. Amen. If you found your place, let's stand this morning for the reading of God's Word. Reverence to it. He's worthy to be reverenced this morning. But here in Psalms 23, David said it like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Boy, you ought to shout on that. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'm glad his rod and his staff, David said, they comfort me. Amen. Not only that, he said, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of thine enemies. He says, thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup don't get halfway full, amen. The Bible says here, David said, my cup runneth over, amen. And surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever, Father, I pray for a few moments, God, that you'd use us as your mouthpiece. God, don't let me say one thing, Lord, in myself, but God, may I be led of your Holy Spirit. Lord, give us the unction this morning, Lord, and I pray that you'll speak to hearts and lives that are here. They'll fall under old-timey, uh, old-fashioned conviction, God, and come to this altar, Lord, and be saved before it's eternally too late. God, we love you and we'll praise you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, 
Amen. You can be seated. I want to continue and preach a message living in the overflow of God's blessings and talk about that this morning, how that in the past weeks we have learned, uh, week one when we preached on this, uh, we learned that we ask a question, is he your personal Savior? Is he your leading shepherd? Is he your anointing shepherd? Then the second week we talked about, is he your Lord? Is he your provider? And is he your rest? I'm glad uh, he, I can rest in Him, amen? No matter that the world's all tore up and, and on every hand they're messed up and, and it seems like there's no good any way that you look, I'm glad I can find rest in the Lord, amen? He's our only rest. He's our only provider. He's our only keeper, amen? I'm not kept by myself, but I'm kept by the power of God, amen? Until that day. I'm glad I don't have to worry about going to hell. I'm glad my sins. <laughs> I'm glad my sins ain't on top of the blood. I'm glad they're under the blood. Amen. When the devil comes trying to dig out the old sin, he starts looking for my sin, and he can't see them because there's blood covering them. Amen. And he tries to dig them out. When he can't get to them, he gets to my memory, and he starts digging in my memory and say, Oh, yes. Remember when you did this. Remember when you done that. I'm glad I can take him down to a fountain. Amen. It's still running with blood. Amen. And say, right there's where my sin's at, old boy. There ain't nothing you can do about it. It's under the blood. And he said he cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, as deep as the seeds could give out. Amen. That's where our sin's at. Never, never, never to be remembered no more. Amen. I got a call, or I went up Thursday morning to, to uh, meet with my stepdad, and, and uh, over the last 27 years, he's been a great help to me and my life and, and uh, to our family's life, but the biggest problem was is he's never known the Lord, 84 years old, never known the Lord. And I got up this week, and I asked the Lord, I said, God, would you give him a window of time that we could talk to him, and maybe you give him a mind, God, because his mind's been coming and going uh, for a while now and I said God give him a window if you would I prayed for 27 years for this man to be saved and, and I went up there and, and I said uh, Dane I want to talk to you and he said I've been wanting to talk to you for a few days too God had already done the work he'd already prepared him amen I believe if you'll pray and seek God on somebody's behalf God will start working with their heart I believe God will start dealing with their heart and when the time comes God will open up the door, open up a window, amen, and you can go in and sow a seed for God. I'm telling you, God will use you if you'll let him use you. But we went up there Thursday morning, and I began to talk to him about the Lord, and he began to tell me how he'd like to be in the church house. And I said, well, Dane, a good, I got good news for you. He said, whether there's two or three gathered in my name, I'll be there in the midst. I said, me and you makes two, he makes three. Amen. I said, so this can be the church house right here. He said, I don't know if the Lord want me. I don't know if I could do it. I said, I got good news for you. You can't do it. Amen. But he can do it. And I tell you what, when I begin to talk about how he could do it and he 
couldn't do it, all of a sudden his countenance began to change. He began to think about his life, 84 years old, on the way to hell. But I'm glad that, <laughs> I'm glad that mercy stepped in that morning, amen, and began to knock on his heart's door. And I just told him, I said, if you want to pray, I'll pray with you right now. And we knelt down. I knelt down in the floor and got him by the hand. And I said, now, Dane, I can't pray you through. You got to pray. And I started praying, Lord, would you save Dane right now? And all I could hear him say is, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all it took. And victory stepped in. Amen. And his life was changed for all eternity. When David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he knew something about the shepherd. Amen. He knew what it took. He knew what it was like to love God and walk with God. A portion of scriptures talked about him being a man after God's own heart. I'm glad if you don't know nothing about God today, you've never been in a relationship with God today, you can be before you leave this building today. Amen. Why? Because he said today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. You don't need to harden your heart and dry up in your ways, amen, but you need to be tender to what God is doing. He wants to save somebody in this building today. He wants to change somebody in this building today. I'm telling you, we need a change in our life. I don't know where you've been, but I know where I've been. I need some things to change in my life. I like my life to be like a river that's flowing. I want it constantly moving and doing something for God. You know anything that stands still, it'll rot. It'll stagnant. It'll go bad. But I tell you what, it can't go bad when it's moving forward. Amen. I'm, I'm glad that a creek will stay cleared out. It'll be nice and clear as long as it's running. But you damn that creek up and it'll start molding. It'll start decaying. And everything around it will go bad. I believe the Bible talks about that His Spirit that He'll put inside of us is like a well of Woo! Glory! It's like a well springing up in you, amen. It's everlasting life springing up. And when you spring something up, it'll spread over everybody else. That's how you ought to be in your life. You ought to be a well for God and let it spring up in your life and spread all over everybody else. Our problem is we want to cap a well off, amen. We don't want to get excited. We don't want to do nothing for God. We want to be who we are. We want what we want. Why ain't God doing nothing for me? God's doing everything for everybody else. Why, why, why? If you'll stop asking why and start praising Him for what you've got, when you lift up your hands, the glory will come down. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can y'all feel that breeze this morning? It's blowing off of heaven's shores this morning. I tell you what we ought to do is just crack the doors open, throw the windows up, and let the Holy Spirit of God move in this place. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. <laughs> I hope he's your shepherd this morning. There's three things I want to give you this morning real quickly and we'll be done. They can go eat pizza and I can go eat something else. I don't know. We'll eat whatever the Lord provides. Well, I was studying over this week also over in Luke chapter 1, verse 10, where the Lord sent them out two by two. And he said, don't take nothing with you. You eat whatever they put before you. So whatever is put before me today, I guess I'm going to eat it, amen. Whatever the Lord will provide, we'll give him thanks for it. But I got to thinking about verse 3. 
Let's look at that again. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness, the Bible says, for my sake. No. I think what the Bible says, he says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. First thing we got to do this morning, we got to realize that he is our restoration, amen. <laughs> He's the one that restores us. Can I get a witness from somebody? I don't know where you've been in your life, but I've needed some restoration in my life at times. There have been times I've got out of the will of God. I've got away from God. I've wandered off in the pasture field, and the Lord would tell the 99, wait right here. He's gone again, and out he go and come after me and lead me right back into the fold, into the restoration and the safety of God. I don't know where you're at this morning, but you may be out of bounds. You may be out of the property line. You may be on the other side of the fence. Uh, right now, you still say, but you, you're drifting too far from the shore. What's going to happen is the shepherd is going to leave the 99, come out here and get you and lead you right back. I'm going to tell you something. If you've truly been born again, you cannot live in sin. I said you cannot live in sin. Because I'm telling you the Lord's got a big old rod of correction that he can pull out. I wish I'd have brought one this morning. One of them big old limbs, you know. I don't know about you, Brother Aaron. Your parents are sitting there right behind you. But you know, my mother used to make me go break my switch. And I'd go out there to that tree I especially loved it when I went and got to break one for my brother. I'd bake, break one as almost as big as my hand. <laughs> that ought to be a good one, you know. And then she would break a limb off of it, wear me out, and say, now go back and get me another one. They get them big old limbs. She liked them ones that when they hit, they're wrapped around, you know. And uh, so I'd go out in the woods, and I'd get me one of them limbs, and I'd try it out. <laughs> I'd done be whooped to death time I got to the house because I've been trying them out. But she'd take that big rod and line me out. You know God's the same way? He chastens those that he loves. Okay? He corrects those that he loves. You get out of line, I promise you, a whipping is coming. Now, they don't like to talk about that this day of time, about whippings. I grew up with a switch. Mother never would use a belt. She said she thought those would bruise you too bad. She loved a switch. It always felt like we fell in the middle of a hornet's nest. And she was good at a switch. She could really use one. And I'm going to tell you what, never hurt me a bit. Probably all of us could have used a little more switching in our life. I'm going to tell you what, there's a holy switch that can get you too. And that the Lord can use. We need restoration in God. David said it like this. He restoreth my soul. How did he know about restoration? He knew what it was to get out of the will of God. I'm talking about a man after God's own heart. A king that loved God. A man that was well thought of. Well respected. Has done great works. But you better watch out when you feel like you've lived God for God so long that you ain't going to fall. You better hold on. Temptation is on its way. 
You young people that's just got saved, you say, well, I'm young. I just got saved. All is well. I ain't got nothing to worry about. You better pull your bootstraps up and tighten your belt up because the devil is on his way. You middle-aged people that think you got life by the tail and everything's going good and the career's great and you got boats and, and trucks and cars and all these things and everything's good and making plenty of money, you better watch out. The devil is in the mix of it all. David said, he restoreth my soul. I can't go into all of it. We, we can see about the sins of David and how that he uh, fell with Bathsheba and, and sinned there. And, and a lot of people like to talk about all the great sin of David. But we're talking about a man after God's own heart. There's restoration in God. I don't care what you've done. Because he'll come after those that he loves. But here's the difference between God and me. Let's, let's pick on me. I'll remember a lot of things that you'll do, especially if you do them against me. I can't seem to forget that. That's my own weakness. But God, he told me over in 1 John that if I would come to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. He talked about restoration there in 1 John, down about the ninth verse. My little children, I write unto thee. I'm glad I'm a little child. <laughs> I ain't never grown up. I'm still just a big kid at heart. Ask Ravonna. She knows what a kid I am. She feels like she's still raising a child. I try to keep that up as much as I can. I keep her, I keep her young, keep her going, you know. But there's a time when I believe Paul said it like this. When I come up, become a man... I put away childish things. There's a time in our spiritual life when we need to grow up. And we need to be mature Christians. And we need to be able to see when the devil is trying something. I think God gives us a space of time to walk around like this, you know, in your Christian life. Because you're just young, you don't know no better. You set these babies down. They'll run right into that wall as fast as they can go just because they want to run into it. And as soon as they hit it and fall down, they start crying because they didn't realize it was going to hurt that bad. That's because they're running around like this. We've got to quit being babes in Christ and we need to grow up and we need to come to this altar and get some restoration and say, God, I'm tired of playing I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of, of not committing. I'm tired of sitting back and letting everybody else do it. Lord, I need some restoration. I need to draw close to you. We have seen in these verses who God is. If you remember in verse 1, we broke it down a few weeks ago. He is in verse 1, Jehovah Ra. The God that sees. God sees everything we do. You don't go and do one thing that God ain't seeing every bit of it. It ain't only that he sees it. He knows your very thought before you ever do it. How does he know that? Because he knows the heart. Boy, now we're getting down to 
to real living, ain't we? There ain't a thing you can think, there ain't a thing you can do that God don't know all about it. I believe that's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He knew what it was to follow the shepherd. There in verse 1, he's also Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide. You ever heard that before? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide. I'm glad he provides for those that walk with him and talk with him and love him. You know the Lord's provided for me when I wasn't doing that. That's the kind of God that I serve. That loves me unconditionally. How dare us walk in sin and live in sin when Jehovah Jireh is providing everything for you and I. Think about that. Think about how good God has been to you all this week. Did you not eat three meals a day? Four? <laughs> Did you not have snacks and all that you wanted? Did you have gas in your tank, a vehicle to ride, a bed to lay in? Well, we took all that for granted, didn't we? Jehovah Jireh provided all of that. Well, I work for that. Yeah, but he give you the strength and the mind to do it. <laughs> we move, we live and have our being because of him. If your number was up this morning, you'd drop dead right in your seat right now. You mean people die in church every day? I'm hoping somebody dies here this morning. What do you mean, preacher? I hope you die out to sin this morning. I hope you get your heart right with God and quit this foolishness, amen, and come to God. Can I get an amen this morning? In verse 2, we see he's Jehovah Shalom, the, the Lord of peace. In verse 3, he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. When David said, he restoreth my soul, he's Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, the God that has restoration, amen. And then the other one, he is Jehovah Sinkidinu, which is the Lord of righteousness. I'm glad he's a righteous God, amen? He's not a God I can't depend on. He's a righteous God. He's somebody you can depend on. You may have had a best friend turn on you. You may have had a mother, father, brother, sister turn on you. But you're serving one that will never turn on you this morning. And his name is Jesus. He will not turn on you today. I've thought about times when I have failed God, fell out of his will. You know where the Lord was at in all that? He was right with me. I was walking around and the Lord was following me. Me trying to figure out, oh Lord, what am I going to do? And he's following me the whole time. He said, come unto me, all ye that are labored and heavy laden. I wouldn't turn and gun to him. I was trying to do it my way. I'm telling you what, I know I'm down in your flower bed this morning, but somebody needs some restoration this morning. I'm telling you. You'll never have peace in your life until you bring it to God for restoration. And say, God, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wore out, Lord. I'm just going to give it to you. And you lay it down. 
And the Lord will say, now I can do something with it. Who needs restoration? Young people need restoration. Middle-aged people need restoration. Old people need restoration. Everybody needs it in their life. Psalms 51 said it like this. David said, Restore unto me the joy, the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. David knew what it was to fall in the presence of God. Fall because of the snares of the devil. Fall from the will of God and watch things crumble and fall around him because of sin. If your life is upside down, things are starting to fall and crumble around you, I'd start checking up and seeing what's happening in your life. I may preach a message before too long entitled, Have You Considered? You remember what God said? Have you considered my servant Job? I do not want to be on God's list for him to say, Have you considered Gary? Have you considered Todd? Have you considered Mark? I don't want to be on that list. I want to walk close to God. I want to hear his heartbeat. I want to be following his will and living in his restoration of my life. That's what I want. 2 Peter 3.9 said it like this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. We need repentance. You remember in the scripture he said, Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. You know what that means? Every single day you need to ask the Lord, Lord, if there's anything between me and you, please forgive me. Please get that out of my life. Before you go to sleep at night, that ought to be what you're praying. God, cleanse me of my sins today. God, forgive me if there's anything I've thought, I've said, I've done. Lord, just purify my mind, my heart. Lord, make me that fit subject that would honor you. God, give me restoration. And he will do just that. Is it that simple? It's that simple. We have power in prayer. You know what prayer is? It's a one-on-one relationship between you and God. It's you making a difference in your life by talking to him and asking him to show you what you need to be doing. David knew this when he said, He restoreth my soul. He went on to say something like this. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not only do we need restoration in our life, I'm glad that he's our guide. He guides our life. When we walk with him and talk with him, he is our guiding in our life. He will lead and guide you. You know how I know that? Psalms 32, 8 said it like this. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the ways which thou should go. I will guide thee with my eye. 
The eye of God sees where you need to go, and He will guide you in the ways that you should go. This, this week has been a busy week. I've had a ton going on, a lot of responsibilities, things I'm doing around the house, phone ringing on every hand, trying to answer calls, answer uh, prayer requests, people wanting to pray, and I'm trying to talk to people. Ravonda's talking to people. We're busy and all this, and I'm thinking about Dane the whole time, trying to figure out a time I can get up there to talk to Dane, and the devil's keeping me so busy that if I'd have paid attention, I'd have missed out. What do you mean you missed out? This week we signed Dane up on hospice. He's got that bad in his health. And ever since I prayed with him Thursday and hospice started the medicine on Friday, he's not been in his right mind since. That's how close it could be. And if, he would have, if I wouldn't have talked to him, he would stay in that state of mind of not knowing who he is and die in that shape. Guess what? He'd have stood before God, a lost man, and would have answered for that. You can only be saved. I said this last week. You can only be saved when the Holy Spirit of God is drawing you. I said you can only be saved when the Holy Spirit is drawing. You may have got up this morning and say, I'm going to go to Vicar's Chapel and I'm going to get saved today. But guess what? If the Holy Spirit ain't drawing you, it'll never happen. You'll get out of your seat, come to this altar and pray, and go back the same way you came if the Holy Spirit is not drawing you. Well, the Bible says, you ever heard anybody don't know nothing about the Bible, they want to say stuff like that. I've heard that preacher say, all you got to do is call on the Lord and he'll save you. Oh, yes. But the Holy Spirit's got to be drawing you. Do you all understand that? He has got to be pulling you and wanting you to be saved. So you can't be saved anytime you want to. I want to clear that up. So you'll know today. You ever notice I don't lead people say this prayer. Have everybody repeat after me. And I got nothing against that. These preachers that do that, I ain't got nothing against that. I just don't feel led to do that. Because I believe the Holy Spirit of God can draw you to an old-fashioned altar. And if you're under old-timey conviction, you'll come because you're not ashamed. You'll come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, which is two different things, brokenhearted because you're sorry for who you are, a contrite spirit because you want to make a change Amen. from who you are. That's what being saved is all about. It ain't about because my best friend come and you come chewing bubble gum and grinning from ear to ear and you just did it because she done it. That's not true salvation. True salvation is when you find out who the shepherd is, like David did. When he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Today, I want to tell you, you need him as your guide. You need him to lead and guide you. This message is about three miles tall. I can't get to all of it today. But I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit. Ever since I came in this building today, the Lord's been pushing on me about somebody that needs to come back and do some things.
It ain't that you're lost again because I don't believe it that way. I believe once God does a work, it's a complete work. But we sure can get out of fellowship with God. And you may be here this morning miserable. I got good news for you. He's your answer. (laughs) Ain't he church? Ain't he church? He's the only one going to get us through this mess. Where we're at right now, where you're at right now, he's the only answer to that problem. A, A psychiatrist can't do it. A lawyer can't do it. A divorce counselor can't do it. I can't do it, and your neighbor can't do it. But I know one. (laughs) He's called the shepherd. He's the one. He's watching over all of us. You know why he's watching? He's watching for the wolves that are trying to come and devour every single one of us. You don't think a wolf ain't here today? Oh, he's here today. The wolf is more faithful to church than you are. And he's looking for an opportunity. When you let down, that's when he's going to attack. So what do I do, preacher? You let go of your pride. You let go of what you think. You say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. It's by faith. That you trust the Lord. No other way. You've got to come by faith. Well, can he do it? I don't know. Church, can he do it? I mean, do you really think he can do it? He can do it for somebody this morning. All through this Bible, you read where Jesus says, Come, 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 come unto me, come to me. Let me help you. Let me be your Lord. Let me be your shepherd. Let me help you. And people say, no, Lord. No, Lord. No, Lord. When we start shoving him out of our schools and we start shoving him out of our workplaces and we start shoving him out of our homes, we start shoving him out of our lives. I serve such a God. He's such a perfect gentleman that he'll step right back and say, Okay. That's the way he works. And you don't want the shepherd to step back because the wolves are just waiting on the edge to attack. Amen. 